0: Hey y'all, and welcome back. I am so excited. We have a very, very special guest joining us today, Rachel Lee. Rachel is a personal brand strategist, designer, and creative unicorn on a mission to help impact driven entrepreneurs discover their secret sauce and feel good about the way they show up online. After having spent the first few years of her business building, evolving, and growing her brand alongside her clients, She discovered the secret to creating an authentic brand that captivates and builds instant rapport with customers. Today, she helps her clients discover their own secret sauce and teaches them how to sprinkle that all over their online presence so that they can finally start attracting clients that truly light them up and create the impact they want to be making. Rachel, I am so excited to have you join us today. How are you?
1: Doing amazing. I was so excited to chat with you that I could not even sleep last night. I am so happy to be here.
0: Rachel is joining us from the West Coast where it is 9am for her, which God be good to you because I try not to do any episodes that early in the morning.
1: Thank you. I had a bunch of other calls, but I'm like, I really want to slot this in. So we are making it happen. And I am wide awake right now.
0: Fantastic. So we're here to talk about authenticity, what it looks like, how we can tap into it in an online space that is just flat out oversaturated. There's so much noise out there. So, before we get into the nitty-gritty of like what authenticity is and how we do that, tell us a little bit more of how you got here and the whole creative unicorn bit because that honestly is one of my favorite phrases.
1: Thank you for that. It's it's really funny because I had so much hesitancy figuring out if, is it appropriate and professionally sound for me to call myself a unicorn? But after taking a look at the course of my life, how I've conducted myself, I'm like, no, I am a creative unicorn. I do everything artsy. And I I swear, this is actually related to my story because growing up, I was the art kid. I loved making things for people. And I thought I'm going to become a professional creative. Like I want to make things for people for a living. As a kid, I had no idea what that would look like, of course. But I I just thought like, okay, let's, um, let's study design in school. Let's become a graphic designer. And I did all of those things and when i landed myself in what i thought was going to be my dream job i realized that i wasn't happy <laughs> it's like one of those those moments where you go through all of your life planning it out by the t and you get to that final destination granted i was also 23 at that time so i had actually no idea what the hell i was doing i i thought i had arrived and i thought i was set i was like i'm going to st- stay at this job for the next 50 years and retire and grow old. Like that was literally my plan. I didn't plan for the fact that I would not be happy or lit up or fulfilled at my full-time graphic design job. And when I realized what was missing was that I was missing the human interaction aspect. I realized that I loved creating, not just for the sake of sitting behind my computer and pushing pixels. I do like that, don't get me wrong, as a professional designer. But what I realized I loved more was seeing people's reactions when I delivered my design. I missed having conversations with people about, like, tell me about this idea that you have in your head and let me work together with you to translate that into something awesome. And I was missing all of that. All I did was sit behind my computer for eight hours a day, receive tasks sent to me in my inbox, and then just doing it. It was like all of the creating minus everything that brought me joy and fulfillment. So it was like sad. And I didn't really know anything else outside of what else could I be doing? So I ended up freelancing at that time, just picking up side projects and with the intention of figuring out what do I enjoy? In terms of projects what do i enjoy in terms of workflow and what do i enjoy specifically in terms of the types of people that i work with and me being the kid, i didn't know anything about business at this time and i didn't know that this would be the start of my journey into entrepreneurship it was like a big whoopsies moment when i started taking on projects and then realizing that i was so unhappy with my job that i would rather Quit, drop the full time thing, and then pursue this mishy mashy ball of I don't know, but maybe this would be awesome. That. Like that's literally what it was. <laughs> and so, I at some point, like I actually, I did. I quit my job and then started just to pursue freelance full time, and that was like the intro to me starting my business. One big whoopsies moment of I'm not happy here and i don't know what is for me but i'm just going to start and figure 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 out like growing my wings on the way down after i jump that's the feeling and i didn't i didn't do branding at that time i didn't it wasn't really in my purview because it was one of the many things that i could have specialized in as a designer but i didn't really know what it was about until my first uh one of my first clients asked me to create a logo for them. And I was still pretty fresh at that time. So I literally told the amazing lady, I'm like, I love you. I would love to work on your branding. This will be the first time I am creating a logo for any human being. If you are game to co-create with me, I am game to making this awesome for you. And thankfully, thankfully, she said yes. So we started working on it together and I realized that something felt different. I didn't realize until after we finished the project that I was really happy about building something that wouldn't just last for an hour. Like a lot of the world of design is what I call fast food design. You make make it, you consume it, and then you throw it away. It's like a poster for an event, a brochure, packaging. A lot of things that you design are consumables. And that was something that I wasn't very happy with, because I'm like, I'm pouring my soul into the things that I create. Why the hell would I want to put everything into something that within like the span of 24 hours is going to become obsolete? There was something about that that didn't sit well with me. And I didn't realize until I landed on branding that I'm like, oh, this is helping build someone's legacy. Like I'm building the foundation of somebody's business. And hopefully, you know, knock on wood, they're gonna be using it for a very, very long time. It's gonna represent them. They're gonna feel good wearing this. Like, oh it checked off a lot of the boxes in my head that I didn't even know that I had. Like it hit all of the sweet spots. And that was just visual banding. So I, I promise I'm gonna segue into what I do today with personal branding because <laughs> this is it's all tied together, I promise. <laughs> um yeah so, so, like I started off with just doing branding on the design side of things. Um that's all I knew. But the more that I ventured into this world of branding and business, I, I always say I did not know any business going into this whole adventure. And throughout the course of me working with different types of people, on different types of brands, I realized that there's actually a lot more that goes on beneath the iceberg with branding it's not just looking pretty like that's just the tip of the iceberg that people see that's the end product and mm-hmm. all of the things that go into it involving like messaging and identity and all of the back end things that are honestly not very glamorous it's there's nothing flashy about it it's all just typing words on a page and getting clarity for yourself there's nothing exciting and that's why of course people always just go straight to asking, can you create me a logo? Like I don't have any of my messaging together, but I just want to look good online. Mm -hmm. And before I catered to that, but over time and over the years of helping people build their brands, of helping like myself build my brand, I realized that everything actually falls apart when you don't figure out that identity piece from a business standpoint or an individual standpoint. Because without figuring that thing out, everything else you build on the top is quicksand. Like Mm -hmm. for the first year of my business, I didn't know who I was as a professional. And so I changed my own logo four times in a year because there was just no foundation. And every other week I changed my mind about who I wanted to be and all of my visuals would (laughs) change along with that. And it was very mishy-mashy. So over the years I realized like, oh crap, there's a whole lot underneath this visual stuff that I need to address for other people and for myself and you know we are our own first client so i got to this point in my business where i started to feel really messy hence the creative unicorn thing because i was good at so many different things people would come to me for graphic things for eventually copywriting and funnel building and event planning and all of the all of the things online, basically. I did all of it. Digital marketing is sort of the umbrella that I fell under. But I was also an artist and I was into all of these things. And I didn't feel good going to networking events and essentially feeling like I'm like word vomiting to somebody whenever they ask me that dreaded question. So tell me about you. What do you do? And I was like, ah! and was just like a bunch of mishmash would come out of my mouth. And then there would be an awkward silence at the end because they're trying to process. (laughs) Like You throw a bunch of things at Mm -hmm. at them. They're trying to process. And then you have this sinking gut feeling of like, ah, crap, I I did it again. Did I make sense? And and you start going through all of this self-doubt. And I did this enough to realize like, okay, Rachel, something needs to change. You can't keep doing this as a professional. The poor people that you're networking with, your poor (laughs) clients who are equally as confused as you because clarity starts with you. You need to know who you are. No one else is going to tell, tell you that. And I basically had this moment where I sat myself down and I pulled out this giant, chunky Google document. And I just typed in the question at the very top, who am I? It's like this existential question that a lot of people end up asking themselves at some point in their life. It so happened that I'm, I mean, that was actually the start of this year and I'm 27 for those of you who are listening. So <laughs> at the age of 27, I am also asking myself this question because I realize it's important. And if you don't find the answer to this question, at least for the current stamp of who you are at this mm-hmm. point in time, I know that this will always change, but I'm like, I need to know who I am in this moment so that I know what I'm building on top of moving forward. Otherwise, I'll always be copying somebody else's social media posts. I'll always be looking at, you know, like we all do, like at all of the people on the internet who are similar to us and being like, oh, that looks really cool. And then you look at your own stuff and you're like, oh, that's not really cool. <laughs> and you, and, and you good. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I'm like, I want to, I want to be that person where I will just show up on the internet and put my stuff out there and because I'm a visual person I process things only when I see them so I a lot of what personal branding became for me was an act of me put actively putting out what I've got inside of me out there into the world so I could see it and be like I'm happy with that like that is that is me and and be like proud of pointing people towards my profiles and telling them like this isn't just a cover up this isn't a band aid this isn't like an ego thing this is just as accurately as I can capture my identity and put into like this, you know, like these screens, these profiles, you know, this is actually the metaverse. <laughs> it's, it's scary, but this, we, we exist within these screens and it is so important for us to find a way to capture the humanness of us and put it onto a medium that we literally can't touch. Like we don't, we can't access it we can't interact with it like we usually do. So, that's that's sort of like the big rambling rant of how I got here. I hope that answered your question. Feel free to let me know if I missed anything, but that's that's sort of how I got here.
0: I think that that was perfect. And as we talk about being authentically yourself as a fellow rambler, That's you being you, right? Like if you were to just be like, okay, well, I used to do this and then I went to freelance and now I'm doing this without showing all of us the the whole journey in, you know, a couple of minutes time. I'm sure you missed out on some of the pieces, right? That's what the brand is. Because when I go to your website, which by the way is so freaking cool, like it's one of the coolest looking sites I've seen in a long time. I have this sense of like oh, this chick is really cool. Like she would be really fun to work with. And if I didn't know who I was, I would be comfortable going to you. So just to like know your story more, I think lets us know the person behind the brand, lets us know how you think and how you operate. So yeah, you nailed it completely. We, I feel like we know each other. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you. And and I mean, I feel I felt that way when we first got connected, because I remember we were in a co working session. And you know, we do our little intros. And the first thing that came out of your mouth, you're like, I'm an authenticity coach. And I sat up a little straighter. I'm like, <laughs> I need to talk to this lady. I don't I know that authenticity is such a buzzword on the internet. And I got really curious to hear from your perspective as well. Like, what does authenticity mean and how do you help people find it? And I think it's cool that a lot of what we do sort of goes hand in hand where I help more with the presentation piece of things and you help people with the inner work and and it's the messy stuff, the messy intangible things. But I I sat up a little straighter because I'm like, I want to hear from your perspective what it's like to help people go through all of the mishy-mashy inner stuff when they're in the state of mess and they're like, I need you to help me figure it out, even though they're the only ones who could technically figure it out. It's like the chicken and the egg. <laughs> you can't really help them discover that. You help them extract it and refine it.
0: Um, to use what you talked about, I'm their blank Google sheet where like, I just give them the prompts and the encouragement to be like, hey, here's a question to think of. Here's your giant existential crisis. Let me put it in question form.
1: That is amazing. And and it's important, though, for people to have a space where they could just vomit everything out and allow it to be okay, messy. That's one thing that I'm still trying to unlearn because I grew up being super perfectionistic. I was, fortunately or unfortunately, like that straight A student who was the good girl who did everything right. I played by the books and I got praised for it. So it's, As you know, that's sort of like the vicious cycle of me as a kid thinking that this is just the way that I need to be showing up. In order for people to love me, I need to be essentially perfect. I can't make mistakes. I didn't know how to handle them. And this process of me stepping into this whole personal branding thing, it made me realize that you can't do it without being messy because humans are messy. And a lot of people, tend to see branding as this big final destination of once I have my logo and my fonts and my color palette, I am set. I have arrived. That is all the work that I need to do on my brand moving forward until the next big rebrand cycle, which people think is in three to five years of their business. And while that's not inaccurate, I like to say that if, especially if you are your brand and you are a human that intends to continue growing every single day, guess what? You're actually going to have to adapt and be okay making these minute, micro decisions that will change and adjust your brand over time. So it's more like a gradual process and it's something that you grow into, and you can't do it being super perfectionistic about it. And I had like this huge, self-battle with myself as I realized this, I'm like, oh no, I finished my branding and I thought that I was done and I could you know be proud and start marketing myself and telling people about what I have to offer. And I realized, oh, no way. I need to continue to grow and develop this every single day while going out and marketing myself and getting people into my world and engaging them in intentional conversations, <laughs> like it never actually ends. So I actually have to tell people when we start working together, disclaimer, you, there is no final destination of what we're working towards. My job is just to train you to feel confident in navigating the micro decisions that will come up after we finish our engagement together. I'm sort of like the training wheels. And I mean, even after like we we finish our engagement, you're still gonna go, but you're gonna be able to fly solo. And you know, it's like still feel free to hit me up if you've got questions. But the idea is I want people to be self-sufficient after we work together because they're like, I'm confident in the way I show up online and I'm confident knowing that if something changes, I'm not gonna have a freak out moment and ask Rachel what the hell do I do now? I'm like, no, 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 you know who you are now and you know At least like just the start of how you would love to start expressing yourself, run with your gut. We've done enough exercises for you to know what your gut is telling you. So go have fun and make a mess. It will never be perfect, but it will be beautiful.
0: I love the training wheels metaphor because I feel like that's, I feel like that's so much of what we're doing as service providers in general. Like we're not fixing anything. We're not. Yes, you are the one who's like actually creating the graphics and the the wardrobe as you call it on your site, which I also love by the way. But you are creating Thank it you. based on the input from your client and what they're working on. So really, the magic is coming from from our clients. We're just the ones like facilitating it into this pretty ish package that they go off and run with. So I love the way that you said that. It's really about helping them tap into, they are the whole time.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it it is very true. And I find that it's difficult working with people when they get to that stage of, you know, like they're, they're entertaining the idea of showing up more online. And it's scary. Being seen is terrifying, especially when you're not confident in what you've got. And you're worried about like, oh, what will other people think? Especially as a professional, because if you don't show up a certain way, and that's what we tell ourselves in our heads, then the big bad will happen. I won't get clients. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And, and and all of your survival instincts go off and it stops you in your tracks from doing the thing that you actually need to be doing to get clients. It's like, it's like the, the uh, again, yeah, the chicken and the egg thing. You will never feel confident enough to put yourself out there, and but you won't get clients until you do that. And your clients will reinforce your confidence in, hey, people actually do like working with me for me. I need to do this more. But like, you have to start doing it first. Otherwise, people are not going to know that you exist until you show up. And that's a scary thing for a lot of people who aren't emotionally ready to go through all of the internal turmoil that comes up like imposter syndrome is real it is scary and it stops a lot of people from even starting and I mean I'm curious to hear like if that's something that you help your clients with with imposter syndrome and like how do you deal with that especially I mean everything we do is pretty much online now so like how how does that work I'd be curious to hear your thoughts
0: oh yeah I feel like it's something that I work with all of my clients on at some point and myself like I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and assume you're the same way but please let me know if I'm wrong imposter syndrome doesn't go away just like the branding is not something you check off you don't just check off and be like oh I'm done with this like I fully am confident every single day for the rest of your like that shit comes back up every once in a while and a, a different perspective a different layer like it's with all of us because we are humans, and we crave that social interaction, and we're biologically driven to like not want to be different because it's unsafe. So as far as how to work through it, a lot of what you talked about in your in your journey answer of getting to really know who you are and building up that relationship with self, building up that self-trust in the concept of you got to go out there and do it. We can learn the theory. We can go through all the mindset, reframes and journalings and rewiring the brains and all of that. And it's amazing and it's necessary. But if you don't actually go out and do the thing that you say you want to do and get that experience, some of it's going to be shit. Some of it's going to be amazing. A lot of it's probably going to be mediocre because you're new at it. But just go out and do it. And realize that you're human and that you're going to make mistakes. And those other accounts that you look towards, the ones that you're like, their stuff is so cool and like they're so brave to get up and do this, they also freak out and they also have sweaty pits and they also make mistakes. Like, just kind of, I think it's a matter of taking other people off the pedestal And also taking yourself off this pedestal of like, well, I can't make mistakes. I have to be perfect. You're a human. You can't be perfect. Like, just show up and try and do your best. And at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about humans. I mean, how boring would it be if we were all... Perfect, and and knowing human nature is weird because we love drama. We love a good story. Like, what kind of story would we tune into if there was no struggle? If the hero went through everything perfectly, the boss like just disappeared at the end, and there was no struggle. The hero always got um the the lady in the tower at the end of the story. There was no death. There was no destruction. Like, who the hell would tune into a story like that? That is so boring. And I actually really love the fact that we get to work with the humanness when we're showing up. That's actually the most beautiful thing because that's what makes it dynamic. Even if I were to quickly pull from my design background here, every design needs to have contrast. And without contrast, it's like with no darkness, there is no light. If you had something that was completely bland and no contrast you wouldn't actually be able to even see the design because everything it's like white on white is a white blob so you actually need contrast you need like black on white in order to actually see it clearly and it's the same thing with us as brands where as a human being I'm sure like we, we all know that person who I'm sure they aren't one-dimensional but they present themselves that way and every time you talk to them it's like hey how are you doing good and then you're like okay, like, so anything else, like, tell me about, like, work, school, friends, family, love life, pets, like, like, tell tell me about you. And they're just like, everything's good. Same thing. No change. Like, (laughs) we all know somebody who's like that. And I I mean, and maybe this is just a personal choice for me where I don't want to live my life like that. I don't want to live my life where every day is the exact same. I want to change and become something better, even if it means that there is struggle involved. And I think that's where a lot of the imposter syndrome can come up where you're stepping into doing something new. You've never done it before. Of course you are going to suck. Like a lot of people, they look at the things that I create nowadays and they're like, wow, like they use words such as like, you're so talented or you're so gifted. And I'm like, do you understand that I've been making ugly drawings since the age of three? Like you should have seen my first, Few drawings. Like my thing was drawing really ugly mermaids, and I, I had a thing for dragons, and they were freaking ugly. I tell you, <laughs> like my first like bajillion and one drawings from the age of three till maybe like sixteen. I I look back at my sketches. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like this is so ugly. But because I just started, and as I think, the easy thing as kids is that there's no conception of. Like wrong. It's only this construct that we develop for ourselves as adults, as we become more socially aware that we're like, oh, the thing that I'm putting out into the world is different from what other people are doing. Does that mean that there's something wrong with me? It's so messed up how our self-talk has evolved into that. Whereas kids are just like, look, mom, I made a drawing. It's like a rainbow horse with three heads. And and there's so... Like, unashamed about it. They're proud to be like, look how different it is. I want to be different. And I, I feel like that's something that we as adults need to train back into ourselves. That same excitement of, look at this ugly drawing. It's unlike anything else that's out there on the internet. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. We, we need to reverse train ourselves to stand out. What a weird world we live in.
0: Like, it, I can picture it. My thing wasn't drawing. My thing was like playing in the dirt. Like, I was that kid who just played in the <laughs> dirt and like picked up, picked up sticks and rocks and all this kind of shit. And I would go inside and be like, Grand, look, like I found this really pretty rock and did And she'd just be like, go wash her hands. Can you just like, no. can you just not be dirty? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, but it's a really cool stick and it's got like notches in it and all this stuff. And now I'll go hiking with my, like my husband and my dogs and we'll both stop and pick up like a really pretty rock or like, we just have random rocks around our house from different hikes we've been on. Just like be yourself and allow yourself to be different because of this, what are we at? Seven and a half billion people on this planet. You're not actually the only person to enjoy the thing that you do
1: exactly exactly like we're we're like a puzzle and every person is a different combination and I side note I love that you love to roll around in the dirt and pick up rocks as a kid I I love doing that too and I think there's this stigma especially because of the fact that we're girls like boys go ahead roll around in the dirt push each other off the playground we don't care but girls it's 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 different like the game and the expectations are totally different so i love that you you were like a rock picker and a stick picker i still have a collection of rocks to this day they're just sort of like on display um on my shelf but uh yeah side tangent there but yeah like humans are like puzzle pieces we've got so many little individual components and i think when we experience this weird comparison thing, when we look at other people's profiles online, we are looking at maybe some pieces that somebody else has that you don't feel very good about for yourself. And maybe, and usually what the case is, is that it's not that you don't have it, you do have it, but it's a smaller puzzle piece for you. It's not as big or is not as prominent and you want it to be bigger. It's maybe like something that you grow into, even just last night, I was totally guilty of doing the late night scrolling on social media, hence me also not sleeping. But I stumbled across this um, social media profile on Instagram. I'm on Instagram a lot because it's like really visual and engaging. And I came across this um, this girl who does dance. And dancing is something that I've always been curious to lean into but it's not something that comes naturally to me. I'm like that awkward stick figure in the corner of a dance party. I'm, I just do like the awkward robot. Like that's sort of my thing where I bob up and down um, just to be more socially acceptable. But dancing doesn't come naturally for me, but it's something that I want to grow into. And I I saw like her profile and she was like busting out moves and I could feel the confidence from the screen. And, you know, like you start to get that that feeling that we're all very familiar with in the pit of our stomach that some people might describe as jealousy or like that, that uncomfortable feeling that is, you know, green in color. And it's like a little monster that exists in the back of your head. And, and I I caught that. And this was like two in the morning, me lying in my bed, scrolling through my phone. And I'm like, hold up, Rachel, this is awesome that you are feeling this because it's an indicator that this person has something that you want to grow into why don't you look into growing this puzzle piece if you're not happy with that feeling? Um, and, and this is, this is like self-talk that you have to train over time though. It's not something that comes naturally. And there are still some days where I catch myself going down the little pooper hole of, oh my God, like they have so many followers and they're so much more qualified. Why would my clients want to work with me? You know, like we go down the little spiral. Um, but when you're able to catch it, like, and you're able to just tweak that self-talk a little bit, it makes it much easier because the feeling of comparison and jealousy, I don't think it ever really goes away. There will always be someone else that you look at them and you're like, wow, like, that's awesome. I, I want to have, I want to have some of that. I want to be some of that, um, so yeah, that that's like something that I even caught myself doing at night. <laughs> a little comparison spiral and being like, no, no, no. Hey, hey girl, like hold up, turn those thoughts around. We could turn this into something positive.
0: So I love how you said that because it's yes, we see it as jealousy or or other words, but it really is that that like reminder to ourselves that we do have that little piece. It's just a different A different size, a different shape. How did you train that self talk to get to being able to have that awareness of, like, hey, girl, we don't have to feel this way?
1: That's a great question. And I would say it would be because of the first three years of my business where I did everything the opposite of what I'm doing right now, where I jumped into the game knowing that I didn't know anything and wanting to take advice from everyone so I became this version of me that wasn't actually authentic. And I lived that life of trying to copy what everyone else said was the right way to be presenting myself. So it's funny that you're meeting me now where I'm presenting myself like this. But if you met me even like two, like one and a half or two years ago, I'd be a completely different person. Like I had really long like platinum blonde hair. There was a lot of makeup. There were heels. There was like fancy clothing. It was like I—I'm cringing as I think about this. And sometimes even as I scroll through my photo library, like we, we do that sometimes. And I'm like, oh, oh god, yeah, that that was me. <laughs> I, I lived that life for a little bit. Um, and and conduct even not even just like the way that I look, but conducting myself in a way that. I knew it didn't come naturally to me because I tried to be someone else, and I tried to be more professional, be bigger than I am, be more confident, and and I thought like, oh, this is what I need to do in order to get clients. This is sort of the script that was running through my head. It was totally a survival thing, and it got me to presenting myself in a way that was literally like the copycat version of everyone else. And I realized I wasn't happy. I'm like it's weird. Like you think that you want something, but then when you get it and you try it on for yourself, you realize this isn't a good fit. It's like trying on someone else's sweater. You look at them wearing that sweater and you're like, Oh, that looks so good. Like I want a sweater like that. And then you're like, Hey, can I, can I borrow it? Right. And then you grab it and you put it on and you realize it doesn't fit your body. Like it looked good on them, because it was a fit for them. You know, everyone's bodies are built differently too. All my fitness friends tell me that anyway. And I'm like, yeah, like my my clothes are comfortable for me because I picked them out to this very specific size to fit my frame, to fit like my movement throughout the day. Like every person is totally different. And when you've tried on enough of other people's clothes, you'll very quickly realize, hmm, it's not comfortable. Maybe this is a good look, but I need to tailor it for myself. So I I don't say that it's bad to try on new things. We all need to do that in order to see what feels good. But once you do it, it's almost like, uh, I mean, I'm not a guy, so I don't wear suits, but I know like most guys, when they go to the suit shop, they try it on and they pick the size that best fits them but they need to tailor it. You need to hem the, hem the bottom a little bit. You need to trim it and maybe like um, have it more tapered around the waist. Like everyone's body's different. So it's okay to try some pre-manufactured idea um, and, and put it onto yourself. But you have to absolutely understand that you need to make those adjustments to make it your own even in the world of art, it's the same thing. Like you, you can appropriate things and uh, maybe appropriate, is not the right word. You can, you can borrow things or there's a, the saying that's like steal like an artist, take things of someone else's, but you got to make it your own. And, and the rule, even in design is you need to change a manipulate like a design or a photo or an image or a graphic by at least 75% in order for you to be able to commercially reproduce it otherwise you can't call it your own so that that's like an interesting rule i have no idea how you eyeball 75% of changes but the idea is is that in order to call something your own you need to change it enough so that it becomes uh, original which is also a buzzword but you know original
0: <laughs> i love that it makes me think of a couple of things one your as you're trying out different things, as you're trying out different styles and pieces, because I do think that part of finding finding yourself or finding your authenticity is finding the stuff that's not authentic, like really just whittling down the possibilities. And again, going back to what we talked about, you have to go out and do it. You have to go out and try different things. Like you had to, I'm assuming, dye your hair not wear a wig. Like you had to go out and actually take action on it. And then I loved what you were saying about like, you just, it wasn't you. And even looking back now, you're like, oh, that wasn't me. So I have a question. How, I'm not even going to try and word this in a non-biased way. How much easier is it to show up as yourself now versus two years ago?
1: Oh, thank goodness. Like I am so happy that it is that I redefined all of this for myself because it is much easier. I don't feel like I need to put up a face, which a lot of people do struggle with, where they often say there's a professional version of me. And then there's me behind the scenes with my friends and family. And it's tiring switching back and forth. Um, Because at that point, you're just people pleasing. And it's the scary thing is, is that in order to really like be convincing, you have to actually become that thing. And when you internalize like an identity, it's not even just like an act. I, I don't like to think that a lot of people, they don't even realize, but they're acting. And, and of course, like not pointing fingers, but I've been through that myself where at some point I realized like, oh, I this doesn't feel natural. Why do I find myself talking differently, showing up differently when it's just me and my PJs and me hanging out with my roommates. And and when you realize that there's this disconnect, then you have to be able to catch yourself when you get to those moments when you're interacting with a client or especially not even a client, because a client's already paying you when you're talking to people that you consider to be your quote, unquote, prospect customers. And you're in that, you know, like that dating phase of, I really want you to like me. I'm trying to convince you that I know my stuff. And there's a lot of, it could be almost borderline manipulation when you don't, if you're not solid in who you are and what your intention is, it can get very sneaky and snaky. And you'll have this, unfortunately, Situation where, and of course, even as a business owner or the service provider, you don't intend for it to be this way. But the moment that you sign on the client, it's like, oh, uh, they said yes. Now we're dating. Now I can just be a slob. <laughs> I just use this dating analogy, but it's an unfortunate situation that, like, we've either witnessed in other our friends' relationships or maybe even our own and I don't think that we should be living our lives this way. I don't think we deserve to show up like this. I don't think the people around us deserve to have us show up like this. And so to answer your question, yes, it is much easier, even though there are still moments where you slip back in because I lived as that other human for some point in time. And you go sometimes you slip back when there is social pressure for you to show up a certain way. And it's it, it become muscle memory over time. So in those moments where you've received social pressure. And I think especially as women in an online space to like like present ourselves a certain way, um, it is so important for us to be aware that when you feel the pressure coming from outside, you and you and you feel and you feel it inside in your gut too, you're like, oh, something's uncomfortable. They're they're probably looking for something from me that I don't want to give them because it's not me then you need to be really good at discerning what the dialogue is on the inside so that you you make the decision at the end of the day. It's like, you can either show up and cater to somebody else's needs or wants, or you could say like, hey, thank you. I understand that this is what you wanna see from me, but that actually doesn't feel aligned. That isn't me. And if you don't like me as the way that I am, please kindly fuck off. Like, I don't need you in my circle. I am not interested in having you here um uh, thank you and have a nice day (laughs) like that's sort of the stance I like to take it even though I'm like super nice and sweet and I would never say that to somebody but in my mind I'm just like please kindly go and sit in your little corner and think about what you're asking for uh, from other people because you need to work on some of your stuff so (laughs) and rant, it is much easier for me to show up this way
0: I was gonna say how much I loved the word choice of manipulation But I got to say, I think the line for this episode is, please kindly go and fuck off. (laughs) Like, that might be it.
1: That would be the the title of this episode. (laughs) Talk about clickbait. (laughs) Right. But I I love,
0: like, it's, I'm going to say that it's aggressive. Like, it's aggressive to call that manipulation, but it's true. Because when this happens so often, right, like, you so bad you're new in your business or you still doesn't really matter when like you don't have that confidence and you're like I just need a sale. I just need a client and I need that external validation and you don't hold the boundary of being yourself. So you start to say like, "Oh yeah, I can extend my hours or I can extend the scope and not change the price or I can and you become like you said, not yourself. And then they sign. And then you think you can be a slob, but they signed up for the, the really put together polished version of you that you're not. So you're both actually set up for, for misery, for not success. Whereas if you were just said like, Hey, actually, I, I don't want to do that for you. Right. Straight up. Don't make excuses of like, I can't, or I don't, I don't want to do that. That's not something I provide. That's something outside of my purview at least that way you're not signing up for a contract whether it's a couple of hours or a couple of months of forcing yourself to be somebody else like it's never worth it in the long run
1: exactly and even if it is a survival mechanism in our brain to i mean yeah everyone's got to pay the bills and i'm i'm not in that position where like I have kids to take care of, but I know a lot of my friends are. And the pressure, it gets bigger as you get older. It's like you've got a house, you've got a car, you've got a dog, kids, family, parents to take care of. And that pressure gets really, really intense. And I know that it's, I mean, yeah, like we, we do have to pay the bills. But there is a way that you could do it without sacrificing your sense of self-worth and integrity and without degrading like the value that we all intrinsically have. Um, and it's about setting like healthy boundaries. And one thing that I, I like to say that I just preach this at this point, but people will actually want to buy from you more when they see the mess. (laughs) People want to know, because everyone knows that no human is perfect. It's unspoken at this point. And when you show up perfectly, people's spidey senses go off. They're like, all right, this is great, but what are you like on a bad day? This is a question that I actually also ask my clients in certain sessions where we talk about like your personality. And, you know, when I ask like, okay, tell me about you, Um, what's your personality, your characteristics, how do you like to show up? And, you know, they list off all of the amazing sparkly attributes that they have. And I'm like, I understand that this is what you're like on a good day, but also on a bad day, you know, like we all have a dark side where I'm like, yeah, even for myself, I can be super high energy and a lot of people use the word bubbly and hyper i think that was somebody called me hyper and i'm like i kind of like that um but then there are like other the other side of it where i am also introverted and oftentimes after after calls i like become a zombie vegetable for a little bit and i just lie lie like lie on my bed or like sit in my chair and i stare off into space just just recuperating and recalibrating um or there is the side of me that like still struggles with like workaholism and just like like being super linear and like one-sided with the work that I do and we all have a dark side but it doesn't have to be a bad thing it can just be something that you bring in and tell people like hey this is something about me that is both my greatest strength and my greatest weakness right like for me i tend to work like really really long hours and a lot of people say like hey Rachel it seems like all you talk about is work i'm like yeah, I'm in this stage of my life where that is literally all that I do. One, because I love it. Two, because I'm very easily obsessed with things. And three, that's just, that's just where I'm at right now. And there are things that are probably unhealthy about it, (laughs) admittedly so. But there are also parts of it where I'm like, But it's, I'm also at this stage where I really want to pour into the work that I do for my clients. Like I really want to help people and it's the double-edged sword, right? Like I have to have a certain level of obsession with what I do in order to show up and deliver to the level that I want to with my clients. And then the dark side of it is, is I need to work out the self-care component. I need to figure out all of the other things and take better care of myself. But whenever like I meet people, I'm like, this is upfront where I'm at and Good good news for you as a client. And and that's, but that's also something that uh, the human side of it that I'm working on. So th- there are ways that we can reframe even the messy sides of us and say like, hey, this is part of me and I want you to know about it. And it's a good and a bad thing, depending on the context and situation. But this is all of me. And when you present the whole package and people see that, they actually realize like, oh, you're not hiding anything. And you know where you're at and you take ownership of it, I trust you completely. That's usually the response that I get. So there, there is a way that you can show up in the full glory of all your mess and still sign on clients, even as a professional. People love you for the mess. At least that's what I've built into my brand. Everyone does it slightly different, looks and feels different for everybody. But I think it's an important component that every person can bake in to the way that they're showing up to, you know create that contrast and have that dimension because that's the real you.
0: I I love talking to you if I haven't reminded you enough lately but I do I do want to have at least one very specific brand question which I think ties in here. But as we as human creatures where we're biologically programmed to want to fit in because it's still dangerous, right? There're so lions and tigers outside the door. And especially as women in the online space with all the pressures of wanting to feel like everyone else and fit in and all the things, there's so much chaos out there. How do you, how do you actually help your clients like bring their full selves into their brand, be disruptors, right? Because we all want to disrupt the industries that we're in, but also not freak out, when you send them the the assets to look at?
1: That is a really good question. And it does require a lot of the inner work. And that's where a lot of the conversations come in, where it's less about the presentation side of things. And it's more about them understanding, oh, this is actually who I am. And it's a lot of like, go and sit in your corner and think about this and understand that this is actually who you are and this is the right way for you to be showing up. And a lot of the ways that we sort of help enforce that is a lot of people, they like to sort of take like a snapshot moment of where they are at this point in time. And then they ask themselves, Okay, like, how should I be showing up? That's a very broad question, but a lot of people ask it. And they they base it off of this one snapshot. But what I like to do is, especially when my clients get stuck answering certain questions about what they're like, is I like to do the zoom out approach of let's take a look at all of the instances that you have lived on this planet, you know, from birth till now. And let's see what the patterns are, because I understand that it is possible for people to change change is also hard but there are certain threads that are that run through your life of how you have always shown up and you will go through seasons that are contrary to that but you'll always see instances where for example like as a kid i had this one instance i remember it clearly in social studies class where i in grade 5 i just learned that child labor existed <laughs> existential crisis immediately. All the other kids are like, oh, okay, that sucks. But whatever, we're kids, we don't care. And and there was me, I went up to my teacher at the end of class. And I was, I was legitimately concerned. I'm like, hey, like, is is this actually real? And my teacher's like, yes, unfortunately, like, this is real. And I'm like, is there someone doing anything about it? And, And my teacher was like, Yes, we we do have, like, there are organizations who are doing their best to create change. And I'm like, well, if this is a thing, then they're not working fast enough. Can we start a fundraiser to help free the children? And I, (laughs) so we actually, like, I ended up starting a fundraiser and folding a bunch of origami. We raised, like, 200 bucks. But, you know, like, it was... And I realized like looking at the different threads of my life and little pockets of like, this was little Rachel who had no idea what the world was like, who didn't know. But in like my purest form, I still like showed up that way. And I mean, I guess like in, I'll I'll love to hear what your reading is on, on the person who's talking to you today. If that's like, if there's some similarities, but I help people take a look at their timeline and see across the span of my life, what is what, what came the most naturally to me when I didn't worry about what people thought? What am I like when I'm alone or hanging out with my best friend or my partner? What am I like? And when people start to see the thread of, oh, this is actually who I am. There's proven instances in which I wasn't trying to prove anything and I showed up a certain way. That's usually where I say like, okay, let's put a pin on that. And then let's get to you to sit in your little corner and realize that this is actually who you are. And this is what people love you for. And the more that you try to hide this and try to be this other version that other people want you to be, you're doing them a disservice and they're going to, they're going to smell that something is off or different. So it's, it, it helps just to solidify things because I know it is very intimidating to like, say, I know for a fact that this is who I am based on how I show up in this moment. We are so caught up in our own personal bias, that it is literally impossible. Like I do this for a living and I have my own personal bias. I can't see past sometimes. So that's just like one tool that I offer to my clients um, where it's like, yeah, zoom out and take a look at like the different pieces, uh, the different versions of you that have existed over time and see if there's a common thread. And that common thread is what you will lead with when you step out. And that that's basically what authenticity is for you. And, and if you are not happy with that, then let's define what you want to become. And then let's, you know, like set some milestones of how are you going to grow into it? So I I know like some people are like, I wasn't happy with the person I was, and I'm trying to redefine myself. I'm like, okay, awesome. Then let's do the other way. Who do you want to become? And then let's steer towards that. So there's sort of like two different ways that people can navigate it because it does get really messy.
0: I can definitely see you being that fifth grader who is like, I just want to save the children and I want to help people because with all the fancy titles that you have, you're a helper. Like you help, that is what you're doing. You are helping people showcase their own magic out in the world through design, through through all their branding. So I that makes so much sense of like what you were like when you were what, like 10, 11 years old.
1: Ooh, pass, pass past the authenticity check <laughs> you're legit you
0: got it <laughs> but I, I love what you said there because we are always we're always evolving like one of my favorite things is we are we are ever evolving creatures of chaos right that is what we are and it's what we're meant to be so I love the fact that so much of your work seems to be conversation based and Really getting to know them, right, and helping them in the meantime dig into who they are too. Whether they are confident and they're like, "This is who I am, and this is how I show up," and da 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 da, or if they're like a little wobbly on it, it's not just—it's not a transaction, right? Like you are very much their—I don't know—guru in a sense of like bringing themselves through all of their assets. I love it
1: thank you it's 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 really funny because i i stepped into this role without any professional coaching training whatsoever i almost i was just like i think that this is a conversation that i love having with myself so there's a chance that there are other people who would be interested in engaging in these really deep existential conversations with me as well and you should have seen how messy the first few dozen calls I had with people because I didn't really know how to navigate it. But I feel like when you lead with your heart and you let people know, like, hey, I'm going to do it messy. I'm interested in having this conversation with you. And let's just let's just see how it goes. And here's how w- this is where we want to end at the end of this conversation. And however the plane needs to fly, it will fly. We'll just land it at a specific point. Um, so I think, yeah, like we, we do it messy. Um, and, and I'm thankful that I didn't allow perfectionism to stop me from getting to this point because, Oh God, if I still listen to that inner five-year-old, that's like, no, Rachel, you can't make a mistake. Like people will laugh at you and like, people won't like you anymore if you're not perfect. Like, I'm so thankful that I'm like, just little Rachel, I love you, but please shut up. Like that's not helpful for (laughs) what I need to be right now. I need to help people. right I can't do it. If I'm perfect, I need to do it messy.
0: Well, and also like that to me is one of the benefits of all the noise is that in, especially in social media, the le- the what, the average lifetime of an Instagram post, I think is like 24 to 48 hours, the last study that I saw. So even if you do make a mistake, honestly, like even if you, if, even if you're one of these accounts with like hundreds of thousands of people following you, like who gives a shit? Like, how many people, one, how many people are going to see it? Like, zoom out, right? You are still a tiny creature on a giant rock hurtling through space. Like, how big of a mistake is that, really?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, And, yeah, like, in the grand scheme of things, I honestly feel like the biggest mistake that anybody can ever make is show up as not yourself. Because you know yourself, you live with yourself freaking 24 seven for like your entire life. You know who you are. And when you choose to not show up as that, that's the biggest mistake, honestly, that even like reflecting on my journey, that feels like the biggest mistake that I ever made was when I like caved to what other people said that they wanted from me, and I gave it to them. And I realized I was getting the short end of the stick because at the end of the day, you're just people pleasing. And when you're people pleasing, you are catering to someone else and you're neglecting your own needs. And as a recovering people pleaser, it's hard to work through it, but it is doable. And even we still slip up from time to time, but it's it's a work in progress and we make gradual improvements.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. So I could keep talking to you all morning, but I know that you said you have other appointments. Is there anything else <laughs> that you can quickly tell us about authenticity or not, I'm not even going to say branding because I'm just going to tell people to go follow Rachel on every medium that you can. Everything will be in the show notes and check out her podcast called Off Brand because that has, I already like binged most of your episodes, it has some fantastic branding stuff in it. But is there anything else today that you want to share with us as far as like being yourself, how to bring that through your brand, anything that we talked about today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this is something that anybody can do. Like If you exist anywhere online, because specifically this podcast, we're talking about presenting yourself authentically in an online space, the best thing that you can do is to like if you are on Instagram or Facebook, like I like to just shoot stories where you can um, like show up on camera and just say hello and tell people about where you're at and start a dialogue. I feel like sometimes it's hard for us to... Create and exist and put ourselves out there when it's just us as a human being. It's very easy, you know, but when it comes to doing that and have being seen by other people, that's the hard thing. So, one thing that I like did even for myself when I was wanting to be seen, but I was kind of weird or skittish about it. Um, and I mean, like, I had like what, like 100 or 200 followers on Instagram at that point in time, friends and family who knew me from high school. Like, that's li- that was literally my audience. Um, I started. Uh, putting myself out there a little bit more. I actually, like, um, I showed up on camera and I said, "Like, hey guys, this is me. This feels weird, but I'm. I want to like figure out what it means for me to like talk to you. I want. I actually want a conversation um, because the feedback that you get from people it helps reinforce." the fact that you're moving in the right direction. So that's one piece that um, I want to share is that it's great and dandy for all of us to sit in our little corners and think about, go through our existential crisis and ask ourselves all these questions of who am I and what do I want to become? But you do have to put it into practice. And the best way to do it is, yeah, do it in like a very short term medium where it's like your story disappears literally in 24 hours. Um, but you need to put it out there in the world in some way where you can get feedback and start a dialogue because you'll always receive the feedback from people that, Hey, we actually, this is where you've been this whole time. Oh my God, Rachel's finally here. Like they actually want to see that. And when you get that reinforcement, it, it gives you like the confidence in knowing that you're stepping into the right direction and it'll give you the courage to do it more. So it's good. Go sing in your little corner, but you have to go out and let people see you. I don't care how you do it, just let people see you and they will tell you that they actually enjoy this version of you. So that, that's the one last thing I wanted to add. You gotta go do it. You've gotta be seen.
0: <laughs> I feel like if you ever get tired of the branding piece or the graphics piece, like just go straight into authenticity coaching because you've got it down already. Like you have a new career ahead of you when you're done with this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And I'll join you. And we could do this together and help change
0: the world. I like it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to repeat myself. I don't care if I sound like a broken record. I could talk to you all day. But tell people how they don't have to listen to me talk to you and they can just get connect with you more where they find you. I a little birdie told me that you have a very special offer for our listeners today. So tell us all the goodness.
1: Absolutely. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. I am on all of the other platforms. So Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, kind of TikTok. I'm still figuring that one out. Kind of Twitter, even though I literally don't know anyone on my Twitter. Um, But all of my handles across the board are the same. Um, You can find me at RachelTYLee. Um, And that's my handle on all these platforms. And for explanation purposes, the TY are the initials of my middle name, (laughs) in case people ask, because my name is so freaking generic that you will type in Rachel Lee and you will pull up a million and one of me. So just for clarification purposes, follow me on Instagram, though, and feel free to shoot me a DM because I'd love to connect with you there. And one special offer that I have for you guys is I know that it is really hard to see past our own personal bias. We, we all have it. I have it. And sometimes I know it's helpful to talk to someone else just outside of your own head <laughs> about like what you're working through when it comes to presenting yourself, you know, just like an unbiased, kind and loving as well, but a third party perspective. So one thing that I'm super happy to offer is a free 30 minute brand consultation where you basically just book me on Calendly and we can jam out on Zoom. And if you're having like a little bit of difficulty presenting yourself in an online space in a way that feels good for you, please book a call. I would love to have a conversation with you and see if we can help you figure out what isn't clicking and help you figure out what's a good game plan for you to actually move forward in a way that feels good for you and for your audience
0: okay guys seriously though go find her because i'm mostly on instagram her stuff is amazing like the the post the content that you put out like the the content valuable stuff but then also just exactly what you were saying in the final tip you show up as you like i think a couple of weeks ago you shared pumpkin pie and like we had a random conversation about you didn't have whipped cream right but like you you are the person behind the brand and you show up so well that even listener if you're not going from a i need to learn about branding perspective But you just need that reminder of like other people are doing the hard stuff. Other people are doing the mishy mashy mess up shit. Like Rachel's such a great reminder that you get to be yourself and still crush life. So go, go, go connect with her, get her free stuff, all the things. Oh my gosh. Rachel, thank you so, so much for being here today. I cannot thank you enough for all of the good tips and tricks. Handles, everything will be in the show notes along with links. Just, you're amazing. I'm so, I'm so grateful for you being here with us today. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Chrissy. I am so happy that we got to jam out for like an, holy crap, an entire hour. Have fun, listeners. You're on. You're in for a wild ride. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me today. It was amazing chatting with you. I feel like I could talk for hours, but I think that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, see you in the show notes. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, so there we have it for this week's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. It has been my pleasure being here with you today. If you've got any questions of any sort, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger or submit a form through my website, ChrissyMellinger.com, and I will get back to you personally. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe, follow, and submit a review so I can make sure that the good stuff keeps on coming. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Enjoy your day.